Thank you, Paul and musicians. It's good to have our brass with us today. Thanks for playing. Oh, I should say reeds, too. We have some reeds there. and Full orchestra. Full orchestra. All right. Thanks for playing for us today. Colossians chapter 3, verse 3 is where we begin this morning. This morning, the secrets of saints. There was a sign on someone's desk in the Pentagon that said, The secrecy of my job does not permit me to know what I am doing. Perhaps you can identify with that. Nearly everyone does have secrets. Some of them may be exciting. I called my sister in Kansas City about a week ago, and she said, Well, I have some exciting news for you. We were trying to keep it a secret, but because of some things that happened, we had to tell the news a little bit early. And I said, What's that? And she said, We're expecting another baby. So some secrets are happy secrets. There are some secrets that make us ashamed or fearful. Heard a story one time about a man who sent an anonymous message to five of his very best friends in town. It was a prank. The message was unsigned, it was anonymous, but it said this Flee, all is discovered. The next morning, three of the five had left town. Some secrets are not good. Saints have secrets. They're not secrets because they are concealed. They're not secrets because they're bad or sinister, but they are secrets because the world does not understand them. They are secrets that are delightful and encouraging. Our text, Colossians 3.3, says, You have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. I'm especially interested in this verse, in that word, hidden. Your life is hidden. The idea there is that the source of your life is like a secret spring which nurtures it in your pilgrimage. Your life is rooted in Jesus Christ, and no one sees the roots of the tree. Your life is hidden in Christ. Our resource is in Jesus Christ and in the union that we share with him. We have died with Christ. We have been raised with Christ. When he is revealed, then we will be revealed with him in glory. These verses talk about our union with him. Because of that union, says the apostle, our life is hidden with Christ in God. The secrets of the saints. Turn back with me to the twin epistle of Colossians, which is the book of Ephesians for a moment. We see the Apostle Paul expressing it a little differently, but saying essentially the same thing. In chapter 2, beginning in verse 4, where it says, But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, 
made us alive together with Christ. Notice the union there. He has made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved. And he's raised us up with him. Notice again the union in resurrection. He raised us up with him and seated us with him. Again the union. Seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We are related to Jesus Christ. United to him in his victorious and exalted status in the realm of spiritual realities, which the Bible calls the heavenlies. The saints, those set apart to belong to Jesus Christ by God's gracious choice, have resources unknown by and withheld from the world. I want to talk about our secrets today, our secret resources To do this, I'm going to go through the book of Ephesians, chapter by chapter, and pick out just one resource from each chapter. We're only going to just take the the top of the resources. We're not going to get into all of them. We don't have time to do that. But at least one secret resource of the saints from each of the chapters of Ephesians. Some of you may recall years ago that there was a television program called I've Got a Secret. How many of you remember that? Yes. Even some of the younger ones remember that. It's not on cable anywhere, is it? Not on reruns. Well, the idea in this game show was that guests would come on who had secrets. And after being introduced, they would sit down beside Gary Moore, who was the MC of the program, and they would lean over and whisper something in his ear. And then there was a panel of four people who, through a series of questions, tried to guess what the secret was of the guest. Well, this morning, you and I, as the saints of God, have secrets. Secret number one, we have the purpose of God. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9. In all wisdom and insight... God made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his kind intention which he purposed in Christ with a view to an administration suitable to the fullness of the times. You and I have this secret resource, the purpose of God. It provides us hope. Now why is this important? Because we live in a world that is doomed. We live in a world that has no hope. Ephesians chapter 2. Why? Because it is without God. We live in a world that is under the judgment of God. We live in a world that is headed toward an appointment with a creator who is angry. Who is angry with sin every day. The Bible says there is, quote, a day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to every man according to his deeds. It's a day when, quote, God will judge the secrets of men through Christ Jesus. The Bible also warns 
that God will deal out retribution to those who do not know God and to those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These will pay the penalty of eternal destruction. You and I live in a world that is doomed. It is under the judgment of God. It is without hope. How then can Christians live in a world like this? Because we have a secret resource that provides us hope in the midst of a truly hopeless situation. And what is that resource? It is an understanding of the purpose of God. God has been pleased to give to us the big picture. And we understand that what God is about, what God is doing... God is at work in our world today. The boys and girls this last week in VBS learned something about that. God is at work in our world today. What is he doing? He is working out the mystery of his will. Well, what is that? Well, notice how Paul puts it. He says, it's an administration suitable to the fullness of the times. Is that the Clinton administration? Is that the next administration that will come from the other political party? No. He's not talking about man's administration. He's talking about a brand new administration of things, not just in the United States, but in the world. He goes on to explain it further. He says, that is, here's what I mean, he says, The summing up of all things in Christ. Things in heaven, things on the earth. What what is God doing? What's the big picture? It is that God is going to bring everything under the lordship of Jesus Christ. He's going to draw the line one day and sum up everything, and everything is going to be put under the authority of Jesus Christ. You and I know that. The world does not know that. And if it's told that, it doesn't understand it. You and I have a secret resource because we are the saints of God. We have the purpose of God. We know that. And God's purpose in all of human history is eventually to bring everything in heaven and on earth under the throne of Jesus Christ, and He will reign forever and forever. That's His purpose. And we can rejoice in that. Because we're part of it by his gracious choice, not because we deserve it. You and I need hope in a world like we're living in. If you feel like our culture is collapsing, you're absolutely right. God is working through it, however. God is still on his throne, and he is working in human history not to preserve the United States of America. That is not his purpose. God is working in human history not to preserve Western culture. That's not his purpose. God is working in human history to bring to an end human reign and to bring everything under the authority of Jesus Christ. And he's going to do it. He is going to do it. That is his purpose. It provides us hope. We know the last chapter of human history. Therefore, we have hope in a world that is doomed, desperate, and depressed. 
Saints have secrets. The second secret we have is access to God. It provides us relief. Chapter 2, verse 18. Through him, through Christ, we both have our access in one spirit to the Father. Access to God. Why is this important? Well, our world today is caught up with supports. You hear a lot about support groups in our world that worships at the altar of psychology. Well, there's nothing wrong with support groups in one sense, but they dare not be the foundation of our lives and our relationships. The world believes in support, but it's limited support. It's only what man can provide. You go to your friends, you go to people who are... uh, struggling with the same issues you are. You pour out your secrets to them. They tell you their problems. And in that, there is uh, some kind of support. But it's nothing that provides permanent or eternal relief or alleviation. The saints of God have a secret. We have relief at at the mercy seat of Jesus Christ. We have access to God. The world does not have that. It's something for us, though, to enjoy. God provides it for all of his saints. We can come freely to God himself in the power of the Holy Spirit through the Lord Jesus Christ. And we can lay before God all of our problems and all of our battles and all of our struggles. And we can know in doing that, relief. Not merely temporal support, but relief that God provides by His grace. Hugh Stoll was born in 1799 on the Isle of Man, and in his 30s became a well-known preacher in the Church of England. He wrote a number of poems and uh, verses, including one that is in our hymnal. It's 432. It's one of those old hymns we don't sing a lot anymore, but oh, the meaning in it. It says, From every stormy wind that blows, from every swelling tide of woes, there is a calm and sure retreat. Tis found beneath the mercy seat. Ah, whither... Could we flee for aid when tempted, desolate, dismayed? Or how the hosts of hell defeat had suffering saints no mercy seat? Ah, there on eagle wings we fly, we soar, and sin and sense molest no more. And heaven comes down our souls to greet while glory crowns the mercy seat. You and I have a secret. It is access to God. And that access to God provides his saints relief in the midst of life's trials and battles. Chapter number three brings us to a third secret of saints. It is found in verse 20. Now to him who is able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to the power that works within us. The power that works within us. 
We've got a secret. It is the power of God. Why is this important? Because we need this power. We live in a world that relies upon the resources of self. Self-realization is one of the key terms. Self-reliance. You can't depend on anybody else. You've got to dig down deep and rely on yourself. And if you dig deep enough, you'll find in yourself a little bit of God or what God is about. And you can unite that with all of the universe where God is. And you find in yourself the strength you need. That whole idea is a flat tire. The saints have a better secret. It is the power of God. It provides sufficiency. Sufficiency in every trial and in every opportunity. Saints have God's power at work in them to be released in dynamic ways. It says here that he's able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all that we could ask or think. How much can you ask God for? Someone said to me this last week, what would you attempt for God if you knew that you could not fail? What about you? How would you answer that? What would you attempt for God if you knew in advance you could not fail? It's hard to put a circumference around that. It's hard to throw a rope out there and catch it. It's one of those ideas, those concepts, that just kind of expands your mind a bit. And ultimately you say, well, well, I, I would do anything if I knew in advance I couldn't fail. What could you ask God for today? Do you know however you would ask, whatever you would ask, God's able to do far beyond that? What can you think of today? What can you dream about that you'd like to see happen for God in your life? As you stir up the pot of your imaginations and you sniff it and enjoy the aroma, what's there? God's able to do beyond anything that you could dream about. He's able. According to the power that is at work in you right now, you see. That's the power of the Holy Spirit, by the way. The power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The saints have a secret. It is the power of God. It provides for us sufficiency in every opportunity and in every trial that comes to us. The world knows nothing about this secret. It can only rely upon its meager resources. We have the power of God. It is our believing obedience, by the way, that releases God's energy in our lives, our faith. That potential is inside of us, but it is as we believe God in trusting obedience that God then allows that power to be released and expressed. Chapter number 4 brings us to a fourth secret of the saints. 
It's hard to find just one verse that says it succinctly, but let me just pick one verse out of a paragraph that says it well. Verse 16, he talks about Christ being the head of the body in verse 15, and then he goes on to say, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by that which every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. The fourth secret of the saints is the church of God. It provides us significance. Why is that important? Because everybody seeks significance. A couple years ago, somebody gave me a great insight to the gang culture in the United States. We have a gang summit going on right now in St. Paul, which is fine. I guess. I hope it accomplishes some good. Are gangs about economic conditions? About not having jobs? About oppression? And all the rest of the things that we so often hear about as the root causes of gangs? Well, those things may contribute in some way, but at the heart of the gang mentality is a drive for significance. Everybody wants to have meaning. And so often those young kids in the inner city cannot find meaning anywhere else except in the gangs that they create. Everybody hungers for significance. Our world does not know how to provide that. The saints have a secret. It is the church of God. We have significance because we are part of something that God is building for all of eternity. It's not a movement that's going to last a few years and then peter out. It's not a cause that's going to achieve its goals and then die for lack of something more. You and I are members of the body of Jesus Christ, the church of God. And as members of that body, we are being built up and added to it, and we do our part, and others do their part, and as we do that, it builds up the whole body of Christ, the church. And this body of Jesus Christ is going to be around for eternity. It's an eternal building. It's a forever family, and we're part of it. So we have significance. That's a secret. The world doesn't know it. We're a part of the church of God. As a member of the body, I'm part of something that's far bigger than just me, myself. I'm part of a work that God is doing, a work that's going to extend into eternity. And in the church of Christ, I find meaning and I find fellowship. Well, let's go on to chapter 5 and find another secret of saints. I'm going to select verse 26, in this case, in a paragraph that talks to husbands and wives and compares that blissful marital relationship to the relationship between Christ and the church. Verse 25, he says, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave him up, himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. 
The fifth secret of saints I want to talk about today is the Word of God. You and I have that. And it provides for us cleansing. Why is that important? Because we live in a world that is dirty. As you and I go about our lives, we cannot help but pick up some of the dirt that's in the dust of the world. And just like the people in Bible times had to come into the house after a journey and sit down and have their feet washed. So you and I have need of having our feet washed by God. What is it that washes our feet as we walk through this world in our pilgrimage? It is the Word of God. The washing of water by the Word. The Word of God is God's cleansing agent. It is His Word that He uses to wash our lives so that the contamination that we pick up in the course of our day, in the things we see, the things we hear, these things don't influence our lives. So we come to the Word of God and we find there a basin of water in which to wash ourselves so that the dirt doesn't accumulate and we get infected and become spiritually sick because of contamination. The world doesn't have that. I saw a little child a few few weeks ago and uh, part of a wonderful family, but I don't know where the child had been playing, but his hands were the grimiest hands I have seen in a long time. And this little child just eating his food with his hands and all this dirt was going in his mouth. And uh, I thought to myself, boy, his hands need to be washed. You know, we live in a world that's like that. It, it's, it's just filthy. And it gets all contaminated and sicker and sicker, and it's going to die because of its dirt, its filth, its moral contamination. And we live in the midst of that. And I'll tell you something, if we don't keep ourselves clean, we're going to get sick too. So God has provided for us a wonderful cleansing agent in His Word. We have a secret. We can keep ourselves clean. We don't have to get sick. We don't have to be contaminated. Because we can use God's Word to keep our minds clean. To wash ourselves after our walk through the day. The Word of God expunges the contamination that we pick up in our daily course. Just as the psalmist said, How shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to thy word. Well, I must go on to the fifth secret of saints. It's in chapter 6, and you can tell I'm just picking one out of each chapter. We could get lots more secrets. But the sixth secret of the saints, chapter 6 and verse 11, put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. The armor of God is a secret to the saints. The world does not have this armor. It is not available to them. It is only available to the saints of God. It provides us protection. Now what is the importance? Well, we live in a world that is dangerous. It is a hostile world. And that hostility is rooted in the spiritual realm. It's not flesh and blood that we struggle against, as he says in this text. It is demonic powers. 
It is spiritual beings and realities that are invisible to us. These personalities are evil and they seek to destroy us. And they seek to destroy all human beings because all human beings have something of the image of God in them. And their deep desire is to destroy the image of God wherever it's found. Now, people in the world are enslaved to these powers. They're in the world and they follow the course of the world that Satan sets out for them. They are blinded by Satan. They follow in goose-step obedience to what he wants. We are the saints of God. We live in this world that is hostile in its environment, but we have protection. It's called the armor of God. That's our secret. And he lays out the pieces for us in God's panoply. He says we have the belt of truth to put about us. The belt of truth. One of Satan's chief weapons is accusations and lies and doubts and temptation. He gives us here pieces of armor that protect us from all of these. The belt of truth protects us from the lies of Satan. When you and I have truth in our character, that's what he's talking about here, the belt of truth. It is truthfulness in our lives. There's no hypocrisy there then we are invincible to the lies that Satan directs against us. They will not be able to effectively work in us because we have God's truth. He talks about the breastplate of righteousness. Again, Satan's tactic is to accuse, to throw darts of accusation against us. But when our lives are filled with righteous deeds then those accusations cannot sink in. They will not stick to us because of the breastplate of righteousness. We have our shoes of the good news of peace. What is that? Well, it's the good news that God's on our side. Or maybe better said that we're on God's side. And there's peace between us and God. And so Satan, when he comes with his doubts can't get to us because we have on the armor that protects us from doubt. It's the good news that we have peace with God. Talks about the helmet of salvation. That is the assurance in our mind that we are God's children. That God is working to save us in every sense. So that when Satan comes with his condemning thoughts and we are tempted to think about ourselves in a condemning way, We have the helmet of salvation to protect our minds in the way that we think. You and I have an armor from God, and we've only touched on the pieces of it. If we don't put on this resource from God, however, we are vulnerable. We are left exposed and unprotected. These pieces of armor are provided for us to keep us from becoming a victim of the evil one. Let me tell you, there are lots of God's children who have failed to put on the armor and have fallen victim. But we have a resource that doesn't have to happen. That's the point. And that resource is God's armor. It provides us protection. And if we are diligent to put on each piece of armor, then you and I can walk through this hostile world in the victory of Jesus Christ. 
Well, we've only begun to uncover the secret resources of the saints of God. Are you choosing today to live in light of your resources or to live without them? The, the choice is yours. One of the things that I am learning, uh, and I've, I've learned this late in life, I guess, is that growing up means having more choices. Now, I understood that better when I was growing up. When my children are growing up, it's harder for me to allow them to have choices. I'm a better sergeant than I am a layer out of choices. But I, I, I'm learning, and I, I'm slow, but I'm learning that teenagers need choices. Now, you give them choices that are compatible with what's okay with you, but they need to have some sense of control. You just can't order them around. God gives us choices, too, because we have to grow up. God says, here, I give you these resources. Now you may use them. Or, if you don't want to use them, you can live that way. You know, one of the neat things about choices, that when you have the privilege of making choices, you also have the opportunity to learn from the consequences of those choices. You can't blame the sergeant anymore who didn't tell you what to do. Suddenly, you're the one who made the choice, and now you have to face the consequences or enjoy the rewards if you made the right choice. Isn't it the same way in God's family? If we make the right choice, then we, we have reward, we have blessing, we have joy. If we make the wrong choices, then our lives can be miserable in this world. Not because God wants them that way, or they have to be, but because those are the choices we make, and we live with our consequences. Today, you and I have the, the resources of God at our disposal. We have all kinds of secrets that the world has no availability of that we can draw upon. Do you today need hope? God gives you purpose. Do you need relief? Well, God gives you access. Do you need sufficiency for something that's coming up in your life? God gives you his power. Are you hungering for significance? God's made you a part of the church. You have a job to do. Do you need cleansing? God has given you his word to keep yourself clean. Are you left exposed and you need protection? God's given you his armor. Now use them. Use the resources. Take advantage of the secrets of the saints. And learn to live in the fullness that God wants you to know. Warren Wiersbe in his book, Be Joyful, says, All of nature depends on hidden resources. The great trees send their roots down into the earth to draw up water and minerals. The most important part of a tree is the part you cannot see, the root system. And the most important part of the Christian's life is the part that only God sees. Unless we draw upon the deep resources of God by faith, we fail against the pressures of life. Life is tough. Life is just a constant challenge. It's filled every day with trials and opportunities and challenges 
and pitfalls and snares and tricks. You and I have in Jesus Christ everything we need. Oh, may God teach us to use our resources that we may walk in this world as his saints, filled with his joy, living in his power, rejoicing in his presence. Let's pray. Well, dear Prince of God, Saint of God sitting here today, you're wealthy in Christ. But is your life right now impoverished? Are you suffering some consequences of bad choices? Your Heavenly Father loves you, and He wants to, to bring those resources <clears throat> as an active part of your life, but it requires your response, your surrender to Him, your trusting obedience. Will you today, if you're living an impoverished life, make a different choice? Will you choose today to drop on the resources you have in Christ? And if you're here today without Jesus, if you've not made that eternally important choice to trust Him, will you today do that? I hope you will. Because He suffered and died for you. He rose again for you that your sins might be forgiven and that you might have these resources, that you might know the secrets of the saints and they can be yours today if you will trust him. Would you stand together with me? I'd like for us to sing a chorus. God is so good, God is so good, God is so good, He's so good to me. Lord, you are good and you have given to us resources that so often we fail to use. We all make bad choices, and we all understand the consequences that come from those. Teach us, Lord. Grow us, we pray. Deepen our roots. May we draw upon the secrets that belong to us, those resources, that hidden spring that is ours in Christ. And as we grow in Him, may our lives bear the fruit of blessing and joy that would give praise to you and bring delight to our lives. I pray today for some brothers and sisters who are struggling and hurting and in pain, some because of disobedience, because of choices. Lord, Love them back to yourself today. Break through that pain, the resistance, the walls have been put up, and put your arms around those who are your children and love them back to a place of obedience and fellowship. Thank you for hearing us. Thank you for ministering to our lives by the Holy Spirit and through your word. In Jesus' name, amen.